Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Music In My Life with me, Laura Wright. It's the show where we talk about the music we love so much, our relationship with that music and the role it plays in our life. What is it about music that taps into our emotions and why does it make us feel a certain way? This week we're focusing on a specific instrument along with some of my favourite musicians who use it solely as a solo instrument or as an integral part of their music. So along with some of my favourite pieces played on this instrument, all of our artists today interestingly are still alive so we're not going back too far in history but we're going to be talking about classical and contemporary music. And of course it is the piano. It's probably the most obvious instrument. It's probably one of the first instruments you might have learnt or something that you have had a go at at some point in your life. Um, I think they call it tickling the ivories. Um, but it is one of my favourite instruments. It's something that I've grown up listening to. I can remember my grandfather playing jazz piano and just the sound of that music being in the house I found incredibly comforting. Um, so it's no surprise that a lot of the music we're going to listen to today is in some ways melancholy it's quite calming um, but also very very expressive as are the artists who play this wonderful instrument that has been around for centuries so essentially today is all about me being a little bit selfish and telling you about some of my favorite favorite artists and some of my favorite music so let's have a listen to our first artist and see if you can have a guess who it is they are playing George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue and it's a performance with the Columbia Symphony Orchestra. So let's have a little listen to a short part of this piece of music now and see if you can hear who is playing and just how virtuosic they are. here and this is someone who this first artist I want to talk about is someone who I would highly highly recommend seeing live when you can I've seen him perform live and I've had the pleasure of meeting him and the way that he expresses himself when he plays the piano it is incredible in fact some people have said that it's over the top and it's too much but actually it's something that you can't help but feel involved in when he plays and his love and his passion for that instrument and for the music that he's playing just comes across so clearly. And I think you can even hear it there. You don't even have to see, but you can hear 
the the love that he pours into the music. Now, of course, I am talking about Lang Lang. Now, if you don't know Lang Lang, I mean, I'm sure most of you will have heard of the name, a very unique sounding name as well. He's 38 years old and he's a Chinese concert pianist and he's performed with leading orchestras all over the world. And of course, he grew up hearing lots of different types of music. In fact, his father played the traditional Chinese stringed instrument, which is pronounced, uh, spelt, sorry, E-R-H-U, Erhu. I'm sorry if I get that pronunciation wrong, but it's also known as a Chinese violin. So if you can imagine... Um, a violin but only with two strings and they uh, they're used to play uh, contemporary and traditional music in China but across the world and it's traditionally played sitting down so you would have um the sound box so the larger wooden part of the instrument um sort of resting on your left thigh and then the neck of the instrument with the strings coming up here and then it would be bowed as well like a violin but sitting down um in recent years performers who play this instrument have stood up and played it but traditionally it was played as I've just explained there um now Lang Lang allegedly he watched a Tom and Jerry episode when he was two years old and that episode was called the Cat's Concerto and it included a piece of music which was by Liszt who is um one of the most highly regarded classical composers that there are out there. And that's what encouraged him to learn piano. Uh, so we're going to actually hear some of Liszt's music later on in the episode. And of course, from there, you know, knowing where Lang Lang now performs across the world, he went from strength to strength. He nurtured his love of, of the instrument, his talent, and he began playing incredibly complicated music at a ridiculously young age. It's quite, it makes you feel quite embarrassed about your own achievements when you hear that someone like him was playing Chopin at the age of 10 uh, with uh, with an orchestra as a soloist with none other than the Chinese National Symphony Orchestra. Um, and he did the same at the age of 14. And he then went on to study with Gary Grafman at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. So, as I say, it's hard to get across quite how expressive he is when he's at the piano. But if you do have time to go and watch some of his performances, I would highly recommend that you can, uh, that you do so. And I think also it's interesting to hear that when he came onto the classical scene, he was actually called the J-Lo of the piano because he was so expressive with his body when he played the instrument, which is something that we don't necessarily see, especially in classical music. The idea of someone moving around so much during that music is um, a little bit more unusual, I'd say, in that genre. And yeah, over the years, as I mentioned at the start, he's had sort of mixed reviews, whether his showmanship is too much, you know, whether it really is real um but actually i think when you when you see him live you can see it's absolutely real and and that's why you know of course the the general public um adore him and rightly so in my opinion so let's have an, another listen to him performing now that you know this is lang lang um and as i say this is him playing franz list it's a piece called la campanella and that means the little bell in italian and that's the nickname given to this piece which is the third of list's six grandes etudes de paganini and there are lots of difficult parts in this piece, as you will hear, but one of the most difficult parts um, for, for a pianist to play are these very large intervals. And that's a, an interval of a 16th on the piano. So if you're someone who has even average sized hands, you're not going to reach that. So pianists are... Um, are very unique in the way that they can make these enormous stretches of space on the piano and also be so, so accurate with those keys. Um, so let's have a listen now. We're going to hear two parts. So the first part and the second part are very contrasting, which is often the way with these large classical pieces. Um, here they come. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
I feel like my hands ache just hearing that. <laughs> I can feel my hands being like, oh my goodness. It must be exhausting. Of course, these uh, instrumentalists, you know, violinists, pianists and the like uh, are practicing for hours and hours upon end. But it does feel like, you know, gymnastics, doesn't it, on the piano for some of those pieces. And you can see why Liszt, the composer who wrote that piece of music we just heard, is regarded as one of the most accomplished classical composers, but also one of the hardest to perform. Um, and that was from one of the BBC Proms performances that Lang Lang gave um, a few years ago. Now, interestingly, the next artist I'm going to talk about has also played at the BBC Proms, but in a very, very different style and a very different setup. Um, of course, Lang Lang keeps the music of the past alive, if you like, and reinvents it in different ways with his virtuosic playing. But the other writes his own music and brings to light the future, I think, of the pianist and the future of the piano and how one instrument can be broken down and also uh, layered upon layer and upon layer within the music. So um, I'll tell you a little bit more about him after we've heard some of his music. This is a piece of his called Hammers, and it's from his album Spaces, which we've released in 2013 so let's have a listen before we before we talk more about this wonderful artist bopping around listening to that so oh my goodness exhausting again to to not only to listen to um but I'm sure to play as well now that was Niels Fromm and that was his piece of music Hammers um I've actually seen Niels Fromm live and I have to say it is incredible to watch someone be in charge of so many different instruments so of course we were hearing him play the piano there a very, very repetitive theme, um, quite confident and aggressive in the sound that we were hearing there as well. But he's really known for combining those classical elements of music along with electronic styles and having quite an unconventional approach to the piano. So he mixes, you'll see him on stage and he'll have a grand piano, an upright piano. He'll have something called a Roland Juno 60, a Rhodes piano. He'll have drum machines and something called a Moog Taurus or a Taurus invented by Moog and this is an analog synthesizer so um it's used as an alternative to the traditional keyboard so he's obviously got so many different keyboards this is something that emulates that sound but actually allows him to um play that instrument with his feet so think of it like an organ the pedals then can create that sound for him um so it sort of adds even more of these keyboard um, sounds for him during his performances. So his idea of, of classical contemporary music is layering. And again, you know, last week we talked a little bit, or a couple of weeks ago, we talked a little bit about rhythm and how you can get these cross sections of rhythm. That's what happens a lot in his music. And he's someone who... Um, whether you see him live or not, when you listen to his music, it builds and it builds and it builds. And then there's sort of this moment of elation where you'll either reach a major key or the rhythm will slow or something will happen. And there's this moment of ecstasy within the piece. And there's something very special about being able to hold the audience's attention for that period of time to build it to such a point and then to have that released musically, I think is, is quite cathartic. It's, it's really incredible to listen to. Um, 
I think we all need a bit of that as, at the moment as well, something that allows us to sort of build and release in different ways. Um, as I say, he he studied classical music and he was just really interested in the quality of recorded sound. So um, even to the point where in 2014, he actually created his own piano as you do. Um, and it has one string per key. So a normal piano will have three strings per key. This one has one. And it's just a really new and interesting uh, contemporary sound that he's brought to the genre. He pushes the boundaries of classical music. And a quote by him, he said, I'm interested in how humans, human beings react in certain situations and what music does to people's emotions, which we talk about all the time, right? How can we change people's attitudes with tones? And after I've played a good concert, people leave the room happy. This is something we can give back to the world. When people feel down and like it's all going to shit, at least we can give them some music and change their attitude so people don't think it's all shit that's my religion um so let's have a listen to some more music by Niels Fromm this is god this is one of my favorite pieces it's called says um and it's it's hard to give you a sense of the whole piece because we're only going to hear a short extract but like a lot of Niels Fromm's music there's a slow build as I mentioned and then a moment of euphoria where a chord will resolve and I want you to really hear the sense of that now so different from Lang Lang in the traditional setup of an orchestra this is one man and many instruments rather than lots of people and lots of instruments this is from his album Space and that was released in 2013 so let's have a listen So we heard the start there of that repetitive theme and that start of the build-up that I talked about. And then that second extract was actually the release of that sound and, and almost to the point where you can hear a distortion in the uh, in the samples and in the in the tones that he's using. And it's just this release of sound. And there's something quite incredible about one man creating that bigger sound, or one woman, of course, but in this case, a man creating that massive sound in a big space. And it's, um, as I say, I can only describe it as quite euphoric to listen to um, through headphones or live. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into. Parenting Past the Pandemic. Find it wherever you found this podcast. So next, we're going to talk about two different artists and then a collaboration between the two of them. One very classical, one female classical pianist, and the other a male composer who's from Iceland. Again, has classical elements there similar to Niels Fromm. So the first artist I want to tell you about is the pianist. Her name is Alice Sarah Ott, and she's a German-Japanese pianist. She was born in Germany where her father was a civil engineer and her mother had studied classical piano in Tokyo. And she knew very early that she wanted to become a musician. Allegedly, she said, music is a language that goes beyond words. And I could not agree more with that quote. She's studied at um, wonderful conservatoires and she's won many, many piano competitions. But what I found really sad when I was researching her, her career is that in 2009, she announced that she's been diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis, um, which is I'm sure many of you know about is this horrendous autoimmune disease and uh, of which there isn't a cure. Um, so, of course, her playing career will undoubtedly be changed forever over the next however many years. And I just think it's really tragic to feel that the way she felt she could communicate with people and saying that language, music was a language for her that went beyond words now is going to be taken away from her. So I really wanted to celebrate her playing today um, to play you some of her music if you haven't heard it before and also to tell you a bit about this collaboration with another artist. So before we talk about the collaboration, let's hear them separately. Um, we're going to hear her playing Beethoven's Piano Concerto Number no. 3 and this is with the Radio France Philharmonic Orchestra. It's conducted by Miko Franck and it's a live recording um, from 2018 and I hope you enjoy it. So let's have a listen. Wow. 
Wow. It's just incredible when you hear someone play like that. It's amazing to listen to. And that was um, some of the the cadenza, sorry, that happens at the end of the first movement there. So that's inspired by the initial theme of the piece. And um, actually, in case you don't know about that particular piece, it was first performed in 1803 um, in Vienna on the 5th of April. And um, it's something that was composed in C minor, which is a very uh, well-known key to Beethoven. It was one of his favorite keys to compose in. And the work is divided into three movements. So that allegro that we heard there was that first movement. And the cadenza is sort of like um, a tying up of everything that's happened in that first movement and a chance for the pianist to really show some flair and some excitement in their playing towards the end of that first movement. And if you haven't heard this before, so some people, when you go to a concert as well, what happens with these kind of pieces in a... Um, in a concerto, when there are different movements, you don't clap between the movements. And this is something that I always find quite, when I'm, if I've been there and been in part of the audience and watched something, it's like this moment where you go, I really want to clap for this person, but actually traditionally in the way that the music's written, there wouldn't be applause in between. So in case you wondered why, it's because that isn't the end of the piece. Each movement has a specific reason and the composer has written them to be performed in full and then the applause happens at the end, which is almost why as well, you have these moments of rapturous applause and standing ovations because these people have been holding in this clap that they want to, or, you know, they want to shout bravo um, for, I don't know, 30 minutes. It's 40 minutes. So, uh, yeah, but in case you don't know why, that is why, um, because of the structure of how something's composed, there isn't any clapping in between. Uh, and then let's move on to the artist that she collaborated with. So, this is again one of my favorite artists, Olafur Arnold. He's an Icelandic multi instrumentalist, and a lot of his music, as I say, is based around the piano. But similar to Niels Fram, he uses this instrument in a different way. So always trying to experiment and push the boundaries of that sort of classical contemporary sound. Um, you might know his music from uh, the soundtrack to Broadchurch uh, with Olivia Coleman and David Tennant, uh, for which he won a BAFTA award as well. That was for best original music. Um, he loves mixing those synthesized sounds. Um, he loves adding in strings and quite strong rhythms as well. But there's something very wholesome about his music that I think we see from a lot of Icelandic artists. We talked about Bjork before as well on one of the episodes on music in my life. And there's definitely a similarity there. Perhaps there's something with the way that they grow up in this incredible landscape and environment in Iceland. I don't know. But I do really love this kind of music. Um, it's often quite melancholy in its style, but just full of really interesting sounds. So let's have a listen now to Olafa Arnold's um, and one of his pieces of music. This is from Broadchurch, the soundtrack, and it's called So Close. And to mention as well, his music often doesn't have vocals um, or singers in it, but this piece does. And this is featuring Arnold Dan, who is the vocalist. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> And now let's hear some of his music where it's focused more around the piano. And this, again, in itself as well, is such an interesting project. So the track I'm going to play you a little bit of is called Near Light. And it's from his album, which is called Living Room Songs. I say an album. It's really a project. And this 
project was composed over a week. It was a seven-day composition project. And so they released a new piece of music that was written every day. I just think that's so cool that you could tune in online for seven days, hear a brand new piece of music that's been composed that very day is beautiful. Um, So this is my favorite of those seven compositions and it's called Near Light. I hope you enjoy it. You can hear that introduction of quite modern sounding rhythms and synthesizers and beats coming in to to sort of give that melody on the piano a great big hug of sound and really kind of create a more modern sounding piece there. And it's really interesting to see how his music's developed over time as well. So um, let's talk a little bit about this collaboration I mentioned between the two of them. So in 2015, they collaborated on something called the Chopin Project. Now I want to get this right because it's a really lovely story behind this project. It was a release to introduce a a new take on Chopin's music. Um, But more than that, Arnold's Olaf Arnold's chose this music because his grandmother before she passed away was so would listen to Chopin's work whenever they visited each other so quite quite near her quite quite near her death he said she was just lying there old and sick but very happy and proud and I sat with her and listened to Chopin a Chopin sonata and then I kissed her goodbye and left and she passed away a few hours later And so obviously he was so inspired by this memory and this story in his own life that he wanted to create, I guess, a project that gave something back and and also maybe gave that lasting memory to to him and to his grandmother. Just a really lovely story. Um, And yeah, so this this collaboration happened and it's really exciting to hear how musicians can come together and break down their their musical barriers and boundaries, if you like, and the stigmas attached to different genres and create something really special. Um, So let's have a little listen to what became of this collaboration now and see what you think. I hope you enjoy it. I would highly recommend giving that a listen when you have some time. So they sort of tasked themselves with creating this arc of sound through the whole album. So it was a bit of a journey and the music would link up with each piece by Olaf Arnold's creating this sort of segue between each piece and each movement. Um, 
yeah, these sort of linking sections that were composed for string string quintet, uh, piano, and sometimes that synthesizer sound as well. So really beautiful to see two very talented musicians coming together there, creating something quite unique um, and quite special. I love that. And finally, we're going to talk about Max Richter. So um, perhaps the king of post-minimalism and contemporary classical music um, and using lots of alternative popular musical styles. He's a German-born British composer and pianist. And again, you know, his classical training, training on the piano as well, has been sort of his grounding, if you like. So this instrument really has grounded all of these musicians and they've sort of flourished and and flowered in different ways. Um, I don't think I've ever used the word flowered before. That's very strange. Uh, He's collaborated with lots of different musicians um lots of different institutions as well you know uh, things like stage opera ballet screen tv film installation media artists um he's recorded eight solo albums and his music is used a lot in film as well so he really has quite a vast uh, library of of music and of achievements um I have talked about him a little bit before in this podcast, but not about this specific album I'm going to talk about. I actually talked about him with regards to his album, The Blue Notebooks, which was a protest album against um, about the Iraq war. And that was sort of an album that was met with massive uh, critical acclaim and it really kind of put him on the map. But this is this next piece of um, music I want to play you is from something he created called Sleep, uh, which was in 2015. And it was a pretty ambitious project, even for someone like him. It's an eight and a half hour listening experience. And so it's targeted to fill a full night's rest, which I think we could all do with at the moment. Um, And the album itself contains 31 compositions, most of them reaching around 20 to 30 minutes in duration. And there's about four or five themes uh, through the eight and a half hours that sort of repeat and grow and and diminish in their own way. Um, It's quite calm. It's quite slow music. It's quite mellow. And it's composed for piano, cello, two violas, two violins, organ, soprano vocals, synthesizers, and electronics. So um, the strings are actually played by the American temp- Contemporary Music Ensemble and uh, other incredible musicians as well are on this album. But the synthesizers, the piano, and the electronics are played by Max Richter himself. So again, like Niels Fram, he sort of um, was a multi-instrumentalist and someone who a lot of composers, if you think about it in a... Um, in a classical sense, or even in a pop sense, you know, a lot of people who write the music, you won't see them on stage performing it all the time. A lot of these people are behind the scenes, but these people are are people who want to be there, who want to be part of that process. um, If it's technical and it's interesting and involving all those different electronics and things like that. So really exciting that they're sort of 360 degrees involved in their, in their career, as it were. Um, The whole composition was performed first on 27th of September 2015 and it was performed from midnight to 8am which is just really interesting and it was part of the Science and Music Weekend on BBC Radio 3 and actually the performance itself broke a lot of records because it was the longest live broadcast of a single musical composition in the history of the network. How cool to be able to say you've done that. Um, I suppose the trick is with this piece not to fall asleep in the middle of it right? Anyway, maybe that's the point. Um, I want to play you one of my favourite sections and vocal melodies from this piece. And I think we'll finish with that today because it's something very calming. It's something that I would highly recommend listening to in full when you can, or perhaps take each each section, find your favourite bit and listen to that because at the moment it's something that I find 
really lovely to just sit and listen to and just to be. Um, and I think we could all do with a bit of that in our lives at the moment. So I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Music in My Life, all about the piano. Um, so let's finish with Max Richter's Sleep. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope you've enjoyed it and I'll see you next time for a brand new episode of Music in My Life with some very exciting guests. Take care. Bye. I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I'd love to hear about your favourite piece of music. So make sure you pop a comment on Apple Reviews with your song choice and the story behind it. I'm going to be reading out some of your stories in an upcoming minisode. Also, we've now put our guest song choices in the show notes. So if you want to hear any of their songs again, you can find them there. Thanks so much, guys, and see you next time. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.